back to Customers Who Click. Hopefully you've been enjoying the episodes. And if you have, could you please take two minutes to leave a rating and a review on iTunes? It's really important. It really helps uh, marketers and business owners discover the podcast. Today's guest is really awesome. We connected on Twitter a little while back and I thought it'd be great for the show. That guest is Corey Haynes, the founder of Swipe Files. There's loads of awesome content on the site. There's a great community behind it as well, sharing loads of ideas and helping each other out. So today we're going to be talking about Swipe Files and why every marketer should have one. Hey, Corey, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, your background, you know, why you started the Swipe Files? Yeah, so I'll try to give like the, the two-minute version of the background. But um, basically, I've sort of known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was about 19. Um, actually, the story goes that uh, I was on like a road trip with my friend to go visit some some friends in college uh, when I was 19, like kind of my, my freshman year of college. And, um, you know, we were chit-chatting about well, what do you want to do? What's your plan? You know, kind of just like looking out into the future and trying to, you know, talk about the future and stuff. And um, so I was talking about how I wanted to be an accountant or run a finance and, you know, just wanted to work a nine to five, you know, retire and sort of live a normal life. And he like kind of looked at me and like waited for a second and was like, that's it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what, what do you mean that's it? Like, what, what's your plan? And I was actually really offended in the moment. But then he started talking to me about how, you know, he was very entrepreneurial. He's very into sales and he was, uh, he had read a few books. And so he was kind of like ahead of the game. And so he was telling me all these like, business ideas and stuff. And um, I, I entertained it and I liked it. And the more we talked about it, the more I was kind of like intrigued about, you know, maybe not having like a conventional kind of career. And um, so ever since then, you know, then kind of sent me down this rabbit hole of reading books and listening to podcasts and doing a lot more exploration and, you know, just discovered a few blogs. And um, so since then, I've always had that in mind of like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I'm not really sure what that means or what that looks like or when that actually happens. But everything I do is going to be kind of with that in mind. Like maybe this will be a stepping stone to helping me get there one day. And so went through college, ended up actually getting a degree in marketing because uh, I went through kind of my, my general education. And then I transferred to another college. And it wasn't until after I transferred that I didn't realize that they didn't even have an accounting degree. And so it was either global business or marketing. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, I guess I'll go into marketing. But it turns out actually that was really aligned with with what I was interested in. And anyways, I was listening to actually, especially a lot of really e-commerce focused and um, kind of like product focused podcasts. Uh, like there was Mixergy and um, e-commerce fuel and you know a few of those. And uh, so I was like, oh, actually, this is kind of like all the things I'm I'm actually interested in. This is like how to grow a business and branding and uh, and you know getting your you know inventing things basically. And um, so anyways, long story short, my last uh, semester of college, uh, I figured, hey, I need to find something, you know, put myself out there, get something lined up for when I graduate, landed an internship here in San Diego at a, uh, at a startup. And then after I graduated, went full-time with them. I kind of called my crash course in marketing because I did anything and everything. And we grew like wildfire, like crazy. We went through our Series A and then Series B. Um, so I was the head of growth at Bearmetrics uh, for about two years. And then sort of in between started all sorts of uh, side projects, including job board for marketers, a couple of courses, uh, and then Swipe Files, which ended up becoming sort of my, my full-time gig, quote unquote, after leaving Bearmetrics in uh, September of 2020. Not too long on it full-time then. It's only been what? Yeah. I mean, still fairly new, figuring nine, it out. Nine it's still I'm, I'm still throttling between... Uh, like paying the bills with consulting and doing some kind of advisory work and then actually, you know, working on swipe files as well. The goal actually, so um, 
uh, if you if you go follow guys like Rob Walling and Andrew Wilkinson, um, they kind of talk about this idea of like a, a launch pad business and you kind of stair step your way up to entrepreneurship. And so you don't want to go straight for something like uh, software and SaaS and technology because like that's at like the top end. It's like the hardest thing to pull off. It takes like the most experience and uh, you know the most time and most funding. And so you know you kind of want to step your way up to that. Maybe with something like um, you know Rob Walling has like this one channel, uh, one time sale, and then like one channel multi time sale. So like maybe recurring revenue, and then like you kind of work your way up to something like SaaS, which is like you know kind of the most complicated thing. So eventually, I'd love to get into SaaS. Swipe files is kind of like that launchpad business for me, but I plan on doing it uh, sort of forever. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's been going well, and it's achieving that uh, that vision and, and kind of purpose. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I just want to go back to your uh, college thing um i think i did basically the opposite of you i actually went in i think my original degree was like business and marketing or something like that and then i switched to accounting and finance yeah <laughs> um which i then uh, there were a couple of modules that i really liked but most of it yeah was was not my not my sort of thing um especially the way the way they do it with academics you know i i hated the fact that a large percentage of marks uh, on an exam or whatever would be just on the basis that I've labeled a balance sheet correctly. Mm. And you know, that's all in some sort of platform or, or piece of software. You don't right. you have to, you're never going to be, you're never going to have to write a balance sheet from scratch. That sort of thing really bothered me. Um, and yeah, I ended yeah. up just getting into marketing. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I feel like I didn't learn that all that much in my marketing degree, <laughs> because again, yeah. it's you know, especially with marketing, things change so fast, and uh, the tactics and strategies and technology people use changes all the time. And so, you know, the textbooks that we were learning out of were, you know, like four or five years old. But even that is like a lifetime in marketing, you know, because yeah. uh, one, I mean, it's not really going to like tell you what to do all that much, anyways. It's going to focus more on like the fundamentals, like you know, the four P's or whatever. Um, but really you learn it once you're, you're in it and you start doing things and you start writing ads and creating content and creating a website. It's really not going to be something you really learn out of a textbook. Yeah. I mean, it, even stuff like the four P's and SWOT analysis, I've barely touched on those for, for years now. Um, I actually did a, I did a diploma in mobile marketing a, a couple of years into my career and that textbook, I think, was about a year old, but it was already completely out of date. Yeah. Um, you know, this was, what, 2012? So when mobile apps and things were really becoming a big thing. And, yeah, that that textbook was out of date. And I, I was working that. I was doing that every day. And I could mm. see that the textbook was out of date. But there's some, some really important stuff that would be useful to learn in a marketing degree, but I imagine they don't teach you. So, like, the actual consumer like psychology and the behavior stuff, the stuff that doesn't really change, but I imagine is probably in the psychology degree, not in right, the marketing right. one. The marketing one, yeah. I mean, if, if my course was anything to base it on, yeah, like an introduction to SEO and PPC and stuff and all this stuff that, yeah, was pretty much just out of date because, and, and yeah, it, Apart from just telling you SEO is about getting organic traffic, there wasn't much that's was actually useful in that. But um, yeah, let's talk a bit more about swipe files then. 
I, I personally don't I haven't used one. I know I should do um, because they are they they can be useful. But yeah, do you want to tell us a bit more about them? Like, what are they? Who should use them? How should you use one? That's probably a, yeah quite an important one. So you know, as we marketers do, we make up all sorts of words and uh, create a lot of industry jargon and stuff. And so a swipe file is one of those where it's basically you know if you think of uh, how designers have a mood board um, or maybe. Uh, you know, a lot of people will put together some sort of, you know, vision board for their life or, you know, they just kind of like collect things that they like, inspiration. A swipe file is basically that for marketers where you look at different ads and emails and landing pages that you like, or, you know, even just like billboards, if you want to take a picture, add it to your swipe file in a folder somewhere that way you can reference it later for something that you're working on. Maybe you need inspiration for copywriting. Maybe you're writing a new landing page. Maybe you're writing an ad, right? And you need something to go off of. You don't want to just guess and make it up and kind of reinvent the wheel. And it also goes back to kind of this, um, uh, this idea of sampling and really like creating a base of knowledge for yourself to work off of. Uh, I don't know if you're into kind of the whole personal knowledge management space at all. And there's companies like Rome that have like these, you know, networked thought note-taking, you know, graphical based uh, systems. And there's all sorts but of kind of wacky stuff out there. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically, you know, all around, how do you make the most of the information that you're consuming and then reference it later? So it goes all the way back to this idea of a, a Zettelkasten, which is basically this really fancy note-taking system. And it's sort of the same idea for, for marketing where you want to create for yourself an information diet of like, these are all the things that are potentially useful or interesting to me in the future. So how do I help future me by making my life easier and allowing me to have something to work with? Um, and not only that, but also just having a base of uh, being able to learn through osmosis a little bit. Because again, I mean, I'm talking about the things that you learn in marketing. A lot of it is not through a textbook. It's not going to be through a blog post. It's more going to be through osmosis, uh, what you're seeing other companies doing it. We as human beings learn a lot through imitation. So if I see a landing page that for some reason speaks to me and I think, wow, that's a really good landing page. Then you start to think a little bit about why is this a good landing page? And why does this, you know, call to action seem so enticing? Or why do I like this headliner? You know, why is my not my head nodding when I get down to this, you know, certain part of the page? And those are all things that you can really accelerate your learning in marketing just by reflecting a little bit on why you like certain pieces of marketing. And then later, of course, you can use those. Um, I mean, how I kind of started was uh, being at Parametrics, being kind of like the, the, the marketing team of one. I was doing all the things. And uh, I was doing a lot of things that were outside my comfort zone and that I had never done before. One of those things being uh, spinning up an affiliate program for Bearmetrics, which is a, a B2B uh, SaaS business. And I was like, I've never, you know, I, I don't know what a good landing page is to recruit affiliate partners for a software business like us. Like, I just, I've never done it. I have no idea what to go off of. I've never really read that much up on it. And so instead of me trying to make it up as I go and just kind of <laughs> put something out there and hope that it works, I'm going to do my best to really create something good. So I went over to other SaaS business that I knew had affiliate programs and looked at how they did things, right? And then I reached out to a couple of people that I knew. And then I asked one person in particular, hey, why did you 
design the page this way? Does it work? Does it not work? What have you learned about it? You know, what you guys do before then? And then after about a week of really, you know, consuming all this information and and gathering things together, I really felt like, okay, now I know how to, I think I have a good idea, at least a better idea than I did before of how to put together an affiliate program for a SaaS business and create the landing page for it. And so, and then that thought kind of struck me like, why doesn't this exist for like anything that I need? <laughs> because marketing is so broad that you're never really going to be fully equipped to tackle something from scratch. Like you're going to need to have something to go off of. You're going to need to have examples and best practices and input essentially. So that's why I created Swifel. It's actually the, um, the, the impetus and the origin story was it was originally just going to be these teardown kind of style analysis of marketing examples uh, and kind of be like a little newsletter and stuff. And, and then it evolved. Now it's the community and there's a newsletter and a podcast and uh, and it's grown to be a lot more than that. But that that really helped me because then when I gathered that swipe of affiliate marketing pages for SaaS businesses, then I could piece together and kind of remix and sample uh, to create the best version for us. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, it worked really well. We got a lot of positive input, input and I probably wouldn't have been able to get there without it. Yeah, in a way, I have kind of done similar things. You know, I've got uh, inbox different folders in my inboxes where, if I've come across a, a page that I like, or, or an, I don't know, maybe an ebook that's got something useful in it, I will stash it there. Um, but I just, I find I rarely go back to it, um, and that's probably because my organization around it is not so great. Um, I did try using Evernote at one point, but again, I think. Yeah, I just found myself not really going back to it and not uh, not enjoying the format. It, it felt like I was literally just going and browsing through to see what was in there. It wasn't wasn't as organized as it should be. Right. Yeah, it's really hard actually. I mean, that's that's why um, a lot of this like personal knowledge management stuff exists because it's like cool. It's like there somewhere, but I have no idea how to find it <laughs> or like reference it and you know talk about file structure and stuff. Um, I think personally, the, the easiest way to create a swipe file today is um, just to create a little folder for yourself and don't create like multiple subfolders, just have it be one folder and use naming conventions instead. So if it's a landing page, you know, put landing page, put like the brand name and then put um, something notable about what it is. Maybe it's like, uh, you know, uh, some sort of video or maybe it's like quotes or testimonials on there. Or maybe you want you want to break that screenshot up and kind of crop it into different sections that you like, but use naming conventions instead of folders because then you can just search and kind of filter that way. Um, or there's a tool I really really love called MyMind. It's MyMind.com, and um, basically it's like this whole Chrome extension, uh, and it's also actually there's a um, a mobile app as well that allows you to do things in Safari or Chrome or whatever browser you use on your phone, and it essentially saves anything and everything. But again, there's no there's no folder structure or anything. So all you have to do is search. So if I went in and searched uh, landing pages or I searched quotes or I searched SAS, you can go in and, and tag things as you save them. Um, but that makes it really, really easy because there's also all, all sorts of other methods. And really, whatever works for you works for you. But you know, people create the email folders and they, they create the, the Google Drives. Um, Evernote is one of those. Apple Notes. Um, but really, I think that the purpose-built tools like MyMind are the best or just keeping it really straightforward and simple with a folder on your iCloud uh, or even Google Drive if you want to and use naming conventions. Yeah, I think the, the problem I, I do 
quite, I'm not very good at it, but I quite like to be organized. <laughs> so what I, I think what I found myself doing was trying to come up with like quite specific tags. So I started off with things like CRO and then I thought, well, pretty much everything I'm really looking for is and will save is generally CRO related. So now right. I actually need to say, well, this is uh, going to be tagged as CRO and product page or checkout page. And yeah, it just got, it got messy. You know, it, it got to the point where I was tagging things three or four times um, because it was, it was relevant to different categories. Whereas, yeah, I suppose if you use the the naming convention, then I can, yeah, just tag, uh, you know, name it as landing page or product page plus, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, something to do with the add to cart or, or whatever. Um, I'd probably organize it a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, naming conventions and tags also as an easy way. There's also Notion, which I know a lot of people know and use. That's another great way to organize your swipe file, but that kind of also allows you to kind of get the best of both worlds where you can, you know, maybe create a couple of filters based on a tag, maybe like a really high level tag, like SaaS, e-commerce services, or, you know, landing page ad email. And then within you can kind of like create this little mini tags within the naming conventions and search that way. But again, whatever works for you. Yeah. I definitely need to give it another go actually. Um, what are, what are some of the mistakes people can make except I guess over tagging and, a bit of mess with the organization, but yeah, is, are there any kind of big or common mistakes you see with people trying to build these swipe files? Um, I mean, I think that just uh, the, the, probably the big mistake is just saving anything and everything really you want to save things that you are, are going to reference later or that you want to reference later. Um, I've, I've had to like, at first it was like, okay, I'm not saving anything. And then it was like, I'm saving everything, <laughs> but then that's also not useful because then it's just like going through your, you know, your Chrome history, basically, right? It's like, yeah. okay, well, there's too much to stuff through here. Um, so really, uh, I think that it's it's important to have a goal of these are the type of, types of things that um, you want to save, uh, things that are going to be relevant to you. Um, normally, the things that I like to save are a lot more around copywriting and then uh, specific things that I know are going to be hard to find later. So it's very obscure, like, oh, this is like a, you know, Instagram retargeting ad with video and captions. Like that's super, super specific. It's going to be hard for me to find and like recreate another example of that later. So let me save that now, knowing that now I can have this kind of stashed away. But if it's like any old landing page, then like I probably don't need to save it because I could probably go find it later if I needed to outside of my swipe file, unless there's something really notable about it. Like maybe it's the product video. Or, so really save the notable things. Um, and I think that'll just make your life easier. Again, when you're referencing things, you don't have to search through thousands and thousands of <laughs> items in your in your swipe file. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's, it's like what you said earlier, you know, it's it's the stuff that makes you stop and think about it. Um, this the stuff that actually catches your attention. Because yeah, if you just did landing pages, you'd you'd be searching through yeah dozens or hundreds of landing pages that you've saved and probably with the majority of them just going yeah okay that's all right next one um so but would you recommend saving the page and then making a note that it's actually that specific piece you want to look at or would you kind of screenshot that little section that's caught your attention and just make a note maybe around the context or something 
Yeah, I mean, if it's just one particular piece on a page, then I'll probably just screenshot it. Otherwise, you can always do both. You know, you can just screenshot uh, or save the page, and then you can take a screenshot and more specifics, or even on the page. You know, again, if you're using something like My Mind and you uh, you save the page, you can make a tag like um, uh, like quote or testimonial or product video, and that way you know what you're looking for on that page when you go and reference it later. But uh, either way works. Yeah, cool. Um, I guess wh- why do you think people don't use them? Uh, I mean, work really. <laughs> Every time I talk to people about a swipe file or creating a swipe file, it's mostly, well, it's going to take me a while to like go through and find things and set it up. And people just aren't that sure if they're going to be to use it later. They don't want to waste their time now. Um, but it's one of those things that, again, I think that once you start keeping a swipe file, you never really go back. And it's kind of like this this hack and this unlock where once you have it, then you feel like it's a superpower because you can go through and it's like your secret stash of all these you know great resources and examples that you can draw from and, and imitate. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's a bit of work to get started. It's a bit of work to maintain, and then you have to go back and actually use it. But I mean, that's why again, I, I like uh, I like tools like My Mind because it makes it really easy just to pop up in a new browser tab and then start searching, and it's like an uh, it's one, an extension of your mind. <laughs> That's why I called it my mind. But also it kind of replaces Google in some ways. I think that we actually indirectly kind of search for things and use a swipe file without using a swipe file more than we think. We Google around, we ask around, we search, we kind of scour the internet. Um, but you can take a lot of that work out of it if you do the work upfront of saving something in a swipe file. Um, but you know, it's, it's work. It's, it's just a little bit of work. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it just needs to be every, every time you come across something that that catches your attention, um, just got to get into the habit. Um, so I guess have you got any maybe tips around that? Like how do you get into the habit of doing it? Because I've it's something I've tried before, and and I know I just I just forget to do things. You know, it will catch my attention, or you know, I will save something for a specific reason right there and then. So, for example, today, uh, in fact, two screenshots I took were related to um, kind of deliveries and order progress. One of them was the the Domino's pizza um, like tracker thing, you know, where it tells you your orders with this guy. Now it's in the oven. Now it's on delivery. Right. I love that. Um, and the other one's Etsy, which do um, like they have a date for order placed. Then it'll have a date which says this is before you've even ordered as well. It says uh, order placed, which is today. Um, order dispatched, which is the estimate, which will be in three, four days or seven days, depending on the merchant, I think. And then it'll have um, estimated delivery or order with you or something. It just gives you those three dates. And I saved both of those today um, for use in a blog post. But I've only saved them for that purpose. I've not I've not really put them aside, but also I've remembered them because I knew them both. And so I was immediately able to look them up and save them for this purpose. But this happens quite often where I'll see something like I will use it kind of immediately for some sort of purpose or I'll put it in a Trello card. You know, if I see something on, a, on another website that I like that I think is relevant to a client, I will save it. I will put it in the Trello card in the board with uh, some comments on how we might be able to use it, but then that's all it gets used for. So yeah, do you have any tips around how how to get into that habit of actually 
doing what you want with it maybe at that moment, but then making sure you actually save it into a swipe file and keep it for later. I mean, like anything, I think it's a muscle that you have to build. Um, again, when I was in when I was in college and listening to all these podcasts and reading these books, I kind of got into a habit of just writing any sort of fleeting thought or idea that came into my head into my Apple Notes or, or into my Evernote. I kind of like switch between them. That's a, a whole other story for another time. Um, just because I, I felt a lot of maybe it's just it's probably like a me thing, but I feel a lot of anxiety around forgetting things and like not being able to find things later. And so I have to write down everything all the time, every to do thing, every uh, project, every idea, any sort of thing that's floating around in my head. I just want to get it out there and get it somewhere else where I can reference it later. Um, and that's continued on through just random ideas and business ideas all the way now to a swipe file and keeping things that are. Um, that can be useful and relevant for later. Obviously, sort of, I, I am incentivized to keep these because I keep a swipe file for swipe files that everyone, all the members are able to access. It's called the brain, um, but also like this is what I do. It's kind of my shtick, right? Like I have to be saving things, and so I'm always thinking about, oh, here's something interesting I can share on Twitter, or here's something I can share later, or this is just as good. I want to have this and use it for course material later, right? So I'm personally very incentivized because I have lots of uses for these types of things. Even at, like I'll find a use for it later at some point. I just know it um but it's it's a habit at the end of the day it's a muscle you have to build um i again i feel a lot of anxiety around forgetting things but uh if you don't need it you know don't save the things that you don't think that you'll need if you're a person like me where you want to have like this big repository and library of things to draw from and you don't want to forget things then then do it right but um it, it shouldn't be forced it's not like uh Everyone needs to have a swipe file, but it's one of those things that really helps you unlock your creativity. It really speeds things up um, and it can help you later down the line. Yeah. Um, uh, so you, I know you, you mentioned you've got one that's kind of publicly open. Would you, would you recommend that a swipe file is kind of built and maintained by one person or do you think it can work with a team? So if you had a, either a marketing team or maybe more specifically a PPC team or an SEO team where they're all looking, you know, maybe they've got that interest in that one specific area. Do you, do you think that would work? Uh, I think everyone should, should keep their own individual swipe file. I curate the brain because, which is the swipe files, swipe file, which is pretty meta. Um, but I curate that one so that I have something that one gets people started uh, but two that they can draw from for their own swipe file, right? Because at the end of the day, it's just like a, a block of images and text, right? It's like anything else you would come across on the internet. Um, but I, I think having your own individual one is important because that really speaks to you and you know what you put in there and you still have a much better recall and it's much more intimate. If you try to do something with a team, um, you can, but I would say always have an individual personal swipe file as well because you have more control over it and more, you know, you'll reference it more when you know what's in there and uh, that, you know, it won't be as confusing. Like, oh, why is this thing in here? I didn't say this here or this just becomes really noisy and cluttered. So I personally, I'm, I'm, I'm a big favorite of uh, holding a personal swipe file, but adding to it from any sort of source could be from other team uh, swipe file from a swipe file, swipe file, like the brain. Uh, there's all sorts of other sites. There's swipefile.com, there's swiped.co. Um, there's sites that you'll curate different websites or ads or emails. Like there's, uh, I think it's, you know, um, we love texts.com. Uh, there's really good emails.com. Right. So there's all sorts of places 
and libraries of content that you can draw from. Yeah, cool. Uh, is there anything else you want to want to add about swipe files? No, I, th- I think um, you know it's one of those things maybe that uh, it's kind of a forgotten practice, but this is what um, the OGs did. The David Ogilvy's, the, the Eugene Schwartz, they kept a swipe file. They kept a repository of things that they thought were notable and good that they could reflect on and draw from later. And uh, it's just a nice little hack to have. I mean, I encourage every marketer to at least explore it or to have it. Find something that works for you. Again, mymind.com can't speak highly enough of them. I'm not an affiliate. <laughs> I've asked for them to create a referral program, but they don't have one. So it doesn't benefit me in any way other than it's a great tool. And uh, if it's useful for you, I'd be glad to pass that along. Yeah, cool. I'll make sure it's in the, in the, uh, the show notes. Uh, do you have any pet peeves when it comes to marketing? Pet peeves? I think that one of the big things is just like when people talk in absolutes and they say, you know, this thing works or it doesn't work, or I tried it and it didn't work for me, you know, or like that didn't work for us because I think that everything, I mean, it's so contextual for marketing. It's, you know, it worked to a certain degree or it didn't work as well as we thought it would. It's never, it worked or it didn't work. Um, but also like, what are the reasons? Like a lot of people just don't give something a fair chance. And so, you know, someone might say, Hey, have you tried Facebook? ads?" Oh, don't, don't do it. Facebook ads. They don't work. Uh, you know, we tried them yeah. and um, they weren't profitable for us. It doesn't mean that that won't be profitable for someone else or that it won't work. Maybe you just did a really bad job of it. <laughs> and now you're projecting yeah. your experience onto someone else. Um, exactly. So I think that anything could work in marketing. Like everything does work to a certain degree. It's just a matter of how well it works, who it works for, and how you can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's comments like that on their own just aren't that useful because you also don't know, did they try and run Facebook ads on their own with absolutely no experience or did they work with an agency? And even then there's so much that goes into it. You know, I, I worked with agencies before and uh, you know, one agency was, it just didn't work. You know, the, the, the ads weren't working. Um, we, we weren't hitting the targets we needed to. So we got rid of the agency and brought a freelancer in and then the results changed massively. Mm. Um, and it was just a different approach. And, and part of it, my belief is that when we worked with the agency, we got, we were working with someone who had about two years experience. When we worked with the freelancer, we had someone with about six, seven years experience, I think. Right. So that makes a big difference. Um, you know, I, I'm actually running a test with a client right now where we've added Klarna to the uh, to the product page, and originally we were, I think maybe in order to get it out quicker or or just to avoid fussing over it, we were going to just put the Klarna logo with buy now pay later, which is kind of the standard line, and uh, I decided to add in a another variant that had a pain related. Uh, thing which is sleep now pay later because it's related to a pillow um and actually at the moment it looks like buy now pay later is the worst variant out of the three so it's worse than the default variant of it not being there and sleep now pay later is absolutely smashing it it's unbelievable performance oh i love it um which is which is absolutely great to see i love that but it's just really interesting that buy now pay later didn't work and had a negative impact and so if we'd only run that we might have said, oh, actually highlighting Klarna doesn't work. And then potentially saying to other people, like having Klarna on your product page doesn't work. But it, it might it might do, buy now, pay later might work for other companies. 
or maybe you do need uh, a specific phrase for it that would work for everyone. You know, if it's footwear, you could have wear now, pay or clothing, wear now, pay later, that sort of thing. Um, I think you tend you tend to see it with a lot of courses, actually. A lot of courses are, this works. Actually, courses that come with guarantees, with money-back guarantees. The guarantees always, if you do it exactly as we teach and it doesn't work for you, we'll give you your money back. And I think any decent marketer would try and put like a bit of a spin on the technique or the tactic because you need to adapt it to your business. And then that probably catches out people where they say, well, you didn't do, you didn't run the ads how we told you to, or you didn't do the targeting how we told you to. So, but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Like people who just say this, this works, this doesn't, or this is how it needs to be. Just doesn't really work. Just finally, do you, do you think there's any particular area of marketing which is a bit underrated at the moment? Uh, as far as like, you know, where marketers can improve and what to focus on and what to learn. Um, I'm a big like buyer psychology, mental models kind of fan. And um, like we were talking about before with, you know, learning marketing in the first place, I think that that's so, like people jump straight to the tools and the tactics. What are other people doing, copying, imitating? But they don't, if you don't fundamentally understand uh, what makes people tick, how people make decisions, um, what's attractive to people, like what are, what's kind of in, what's even in the zeitgeist right now, and especially with your audience and who, you know, the type of people that you're trying to reach, how do they think what's going on in their world right now? Um, that's really an underrated sort of underutilized part of marketing. We don't think deeply enough when we first sit down to think about some sort of new strategy or tactic about how does this fit our person, our buyer persona, our customer, you know, however you want to call them. Um, and how do they think? And then what are the mental models and tools and kind of persuasion tactics that we can use from a psychological level to get them to where we want them to be and not in a manipulative way, but in a helpful way of, you know, like I said, changing wording around or even changing things on the page, uh, just the, the experience that you deliver on the, the way that you communicate it really comes down to your brand and branding as well. But, um, yeah, I think that people need to get back to the basics, get back to the psychology, get back to the mental models, get back to how people think. Um, one of the ones I always recommend people look into and really it's kind of like one of those, uh, one of those red pill moments of like, once you see it, you can't go back. And uh, it's the, the jobs to be done framework. And just mm -hmm. really understanding people hire products just like they do for people, right? And there's always something that a product is hired for. And this goes across uh, information products, goes across e-commerce and physical products, software, uh, even services, agencies, freelancers. Um, there's always a job to be done for a specific product or service. And once you really understand why people want that job to be done and what's the scenario, what's the context, how are people coming to make this, this decision, then it really unlocks a lot of creative marketing ideas that you wouldn't have thought before because you're on the cutting edge. You're the one creating the new, you know, kind of strategic ideas that haven't been done before. Um, but you can only do that if you get down to the psychological level. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I do I do see a lot of marketers who are more kind of platform experts than marketers, I'd say. So they they really know how to use Facebook, the Facebook platform. They know how to use Google as a platform. But yeah, they're they're lacking that understanding of what do our customers actually want? How do we how do we put an advert in front of them that really is going to speak to them? Um so yeah, I think that's a really good point. 
Um, cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Uh, it's been really, really good stuff. Uh, I definitely need to to work on my swipe file. Um, yeah, I, I know. I know they're useful. I'm just uh, really bad at, at being consistent with it. So, um, yeah, that'd be really good. So, uh, if people want to get in touch, find out more. What's the best way of doing that? Yeah, and thanks for having me. Um, Twitter is probably the best place to get a hold and kind of keep in touch. I'm at Corey Haynes Co. Uh, my personal site is CoreyHaynes.co. Um, Swipe Files, of course, SwipeFiles.com. Uh, I have a newsletter and a membership there, a community, um, kind of write about. It's in like an occasional newsletter. I call it my uh, cutting edge, comprehensive, sometimes crazy marketing ideas. So it's a grab bag. There's all sorts of fun ideas in there. Um, and also, if you use the customers who click um, coupon code on the Swipe Files membership, you can get half off. I only do it for podcast appearances and for kind of stuff like this. It's fun. So if you wanted to, customers who click, all caps. If you go to uh, swiphouse.com slash membership, you can find that there. That's awesome. awesome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks, Corey. If you don't already have a swipe file, I'd really recommend getting on top of this. As Corey mentioned, it's a great way of looking back over things you've seen and liked in the past. But also, if you know something's working really well, you get it saved and you've got it for future reference. Also, just ask people. You know, They don't have to say yes, they don't have to share any stats and things. But if you know someone's doing really well with certain ads or landing pages or or maybe you just see something you like, reach out to them, ask how it's performing. And if if it seems to be performing well, see if you can just put it in your swipe file. You know, There's no harm in asking. Don't worry about being too organized at first, You know, although it's definitely something you'll want to work on as you build it out. The mistake I always made was trying to really specifically categorize my saves. And it always led to a bit of confusion and various tags that were actually quite similar. So definitely recommend going to check out Swipe Files and use the code customers who click to get 50% off, which makes it just dirt cheap, to be honest. Head over to uh, Twitter or LinkedIn if you want to hear more from Corey. And please do email me at will at customerswhoclick.com with any feedback, questions, guest requests. Next up, I've got John Ivanko with me. We're going to be talking about what really matters with data collection and building a really strong customer base. But until then, keep those customers clicking.